Wow, it's uh, been nearly 70 days since we last met at the corner. And it's a great joy that we come here today, except today we only, I only have Alan Judd in the congregation. So I'm trusting that uh, you will be listening at home. Let us open and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would teach us, that you would bring us life today. And so we trust you and we look to you to do that. Amen. In this period of lockdown, in the lockdown encouragements, I have been uh, looking at Holy Spirit with Pentecost last week and we've had that amazing series in which Alexander Fenter took us from the cross to, to Pentecost in, in those weeks between the cross and Pentecost. And it was just a, a wonderful, deep uh, washing of our souls in, a, in an amazing teacher. So thank you, Alexander. I have been uh, just blown away by this time and this season, this season of looking at Holy Spirit as Pentecost has come, and now we are in the week after Pentecost. I want to actually go back, and I, I think sometimes we move along very quickly in the, we hear one message one week and a different message the next week, and it, and it can be like, really, um, we, we don't put it into practice. And so I want to go back to Holy Spirit, and I want to have a look today at uh, references to the Holy Spirit, but particularly in the Old Testament. Testament. I have a book uh, called Encountering the Holy Spirit in every book in the Bible. It's a beautiful, beautiful book and we see right at the beginning, we see the Holy Spirit uh, over, over the waters, hovering over the waters and, and when God speaks the word, life happens. And so Holy Spirit is a part of our lives, is a part of your life and a part of my life. Without the Holy Spirit, none of us would have been born again. Without the prompting of the Holy Spirit showing us how wicked and how evil and how far we had fallen from God and we weren't reflecting His glory, without that Holy Spirit breath, illumination, we would not have given our lives to Jesus. But as we look at the disciples in the upper room and we see the disciples, uh, waiting for the promise of the Father, everything changed after the promise. But let's go back to, to, to Numbers chapter 11. And in Numbers chapter 11, we hear the people of God, the, the Israelites, had, had come, out of, come out of Egypt and had amazing miracles. The, the Red Sea had parted. And yet, uh, it says there that the rebel... And uh, those, those of the rebel were, were the ones that weren't, weren't Israelites, but had come along, had come out of Egypt with them. And they started to complain. And then this was picked up by the Israelites. It's amazing how if you get alongside people who complain and moan and groan, so, so, how, how it is so easy for you to be influenced by that. And so... Moses is kind of, this is a burden for Moses. It's a burden which he's battling to carry. 
And uh, he says, uh, maybe he doesn't actually say it in the scriptures, but maybe he, he said, well, I should have been retired. This is, I shouldn't have to lead these people. Uh, I didn't give birth to them. What have I done to deserve these people? And God hears his, the cry of his heart. And what does he do? He, he says to Moses, get 70 of your elders. Get the 70 elders. Get the, the, the leaders of, of the community. The leaders of this, of this, of this tribe who had, who had left Egypt. Get them. Get them together. And what I'll do is I'll give, you, give them some of your spirit. And so that's what happened. The 70 leaders uh, came and they were uh, blessed with the Spirit and they prophesied. But there were two of those leaders, Eldad and Medad, who actually for some reason, it doesn't say, weren't with the other elders. And they also received the Spirit and they also prophesied. So here we see today, in this story, in Numbers, we see Moses tired and weary. He was carrying a burden. And it was God's Spirit that was given that meant that the burden was taken away. So we need each other. I think this is one of the pictures this, this story says. We need each other. When we have each other, when the, the 70 as a team work together in the power of the Spirit, then we will not get tired and weary. I think if we look at the book of Judges, and we maybe just have a quick squiz at a few people from the book of Judges. In uh, Judges chapter 3, there's Othniel. And when we see this is one of the judges that saved Israel, when we see what it says in, uh, in, their, in, in Judges 3, it says, And the people of Israel did what is evil in the sight of the Lord. They forgot the Lord their God and served the Baals and the Asherahs. Therefore, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. And he sold them into the hands of the Cush, king of Mesopotamia, Cushan, and the people of Israel's Served, had served Cushan for eight years. But when the people of Israel cried out to the Lord, again, they cried out to the Lord to raise up a deliverer, Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, was raised up. And the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. And what did he do? He did two things. He judged Israel and he went out to war. And the Lord gave uh, the king of Mesopotamia, the Cushan Rishathim uh, king, into the hand of Othniel. And then there was peace for 40 years. What a story. And that story uh, is portrayed again and again in the book of Judges. And again and again we see that the people do evil in, in, in the sight of the Lord. They forget the Lord and He sends uh, punishment. He disciplines them. And uh, the neighbors come and attack them and take them off into captivity, etc., etc. And all the stories that you can go and read. It's just such exciting stuff. The scriptures are full of excitement. But God always raised up a deliverer. 
And what did he do? He put the Spirit of the Lord upon them. They had the Spirit of God on them. And so that is uh, just amazing. That the, when the Spirit of, of, of the Lord came upon Othniel, what happened? He went to war and he overcame the enemy. So you and I can go to war. Why? Because we have Holy Spirit on us. We have the gift of the Holy Spirit. This celebration which we just had at Pentecost and this Spirit that dwells in us, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, dwells in you and I. And so we need to be really excited. And we can go to war. We don't have to be oppressed by the things that are, are, are heavy on us. When we're in the Spirit, we can, we can win the battle. We can become, what the Scripture says, we can become more than conquerors. And so the Spirit gives you and I the ability to win against the enemy, against depression, against fear, against sin. And we all do it by the Spirit. It's in the Spirit. At the end of the book of Ephesians, what is uh, Paul says? He says, having stood, all, stood, put on the full armor of God. We're in a battle. And we need to pray in the Spirit. We need to be in the Spirit all the time. Let's look at another judge. Let's look at Jephthah, a judge in Judges 11. Let's have a look at the people that God chooses. Because He doesn't choose who you and I will. We often see somebody ministering and think, how did God choose that person? When you know their background and when you know their frailty. And Jephthah was one of those kind of people. His mother was a prostitute. He was an outcast. He was illegitimate. There was shame upon him. He was driven out of his house. He had no inheritance. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and he was a mighty warrior. And he was one of the deliverers that God raised up to free Israel from the oppression of the, their enemies. So the Spirit comes and He chooses. He doesn't choose the righteous always. And we see that in the, in the choice of, of uh, the disciples. Jesus chose all sorts of people. He chose uh, sons of thunder. Those are angry people. He chose simple fishermen. And what, is, what happens when He chooses angry people like uh, James and John? When the Spirit of the Lord comes upon them, he undoes the mess of the flesh. And that's what happened at the cross. And so we get some unlikely people becoming heroes in the scripture. Because the Spirit is upon them. Let's have a look at, at, at Saul. In Samuel chapter 1 Samuel chapter 9 verse 21. We read. That Saul is now being chosen. He's about to be anointed by, by Samuel to be the, uh, the, the king of Israel. Saul replied, But I'm only from the tribe of Benjamin, the smallest tribe in Israel. And my family is the least important of all the families. Why are you talking to me like this? Saul often answers how you and I answer. 
We wonder when God calls us to do something, very often we're a bit like Jeremiah, well, I'm too young, or, or, or Moses, I can't speak, or, or Saul, I come from the least, the least of the tribes. But what Samuel does, he takes a flask of olive oil and pours it all over Saul's head. He kisses Saul and said, I am doing this because the Lord has appointed you to be ruler over Israel, his special possession. It doesn't matter who you are, what family you come from, what tribe you come from. What your educational qualifications are. What matters, are you called by God? And are you anointed by, by the Lord? And that's the important aspect. It doesn't matter what you're called to. What, even what you're called to. And some of you here are called to business. Some of you are called to ministry. Some of you are called to be housewives. Some of you are called to be all sorts of, all sorts of different things. And you, and you have different occupations and, and callings. But God has anointed you for that calling. As you walk in His will, His anointing rests upon you. And you will do far more wonderfully great things than you could ever imagine. And it's interesting to see that when uh, uh, Saul was... Uh, Anointed, he then went went away and he met a band of prophets and this was prophesied over him. And they and, and, and Samuel said they will be playing a, a harp, a, a tambourine, a flute, and a lyre. And they will be prophesying. At, at that time the Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you and you will prophesy on them. And so when he met them, that's what happened. Saul started prophesying. It carries on and it says, you will be changed into a different person. After these signs take place, do what must be done, for God is with you. Isn't that a profound thing? Here Saul is now being anointed with oil. He's been, the Holy Spirit comes upon him as he, as he meets the prophets. And he has changed into a different person. As you just think of the day of Pentecost and you think of the disciples and the Holy Spirit came upon them, what happened? They were changed into different people. They became bolder, more courageous for preaching the gospel, the good news. And so that's what happens when you and I are full of the Spirit. When you and I are full of the Spirit, we become changed people. When we worship Him, when we adore Him, it says we are being changed from glory to glory. And that's what we need more than anything in the nations of the world today. We need people's lives to be transformed. We need people to become different people. We need to become more like Jesus. Saul is looking at himself in this story and he's saying and he's looking at himself and when we look at ourselves and he's saying I'm not good enough when we look, look inward and, we, and, and there's a fine line between real humility and false humility but we, we, need to be, we need to always be humble 
but we need to also look to the person that is calling us. And we're not being called by any, any small business person, or we haven't been chosen for some sporting team, or to play in a fancy band, or whatever it is. We have been chosen by God, the creator of the universe. And He changes us, and He makes us more like Jesus. Saul's downfall came only when he turned away from, from doing what God wanted him to do. When he went out of God's will, he, 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 he started, he floundered and, and, and ended up losing the kingdom. So one of the ultimate reasons for the power of God, the power of the Spirit, is that you and I are changed. It's not just about speaking in tongues or kind of a Toronto kind of experience. That's all wonderful and, and, and if that happens, that's, that's beautiful. But what's really important is that we are changed from the inside. And that's why Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us. The more you and I go in and walk in the Holy Spirit, the more we are changed. The more we come love as Jesus loved. Because we are called to an impossible task. We are called to love our enemies. We are called to lay down our lives for our spouses. We are called to just to be uh, something which is beyond us in many things. Maybe it's to, the, to, to whatever you, you find. I find this calling to, to ministry, to worship, to, to uh, preaching, like way beyond me. But if the Spirit is in me, then I know that the words that I speak will be God's words and they will transform people's lives. Only the Spirit of God can do the will of God. And when we walk in the Spirit, we don't uh, follow the desires of the flesh. When we walk in the, in the Spirit, we will do the things that please God. When we walk in the flesh, we are the children of God, it says in, in Romans. So if you walk in the Spirit, if you are full of the Spirit, if you let the full of the Spirit richly uh, dwell in your hearts and overflow, then we are going to love, we are going to be able to forgive. What a way to live. What a way to live. Saul becomes king by the power of the Spirit. You and I have a mantle, you and I have an anointing from God, you and I have a calling to reach the lost, to reach our neighborhoods, to reach our cities. It's a huge call and it, and it only happens when you and I are full of the Spirit. trying to script through. There's just so many scriptures which I could look at. Micah 3 verse 8 from the New Living Translation. This is what he says, but as for me, I am filled with power, with the Spirit of the Lord. I am filled with justice and strength to boldly declare Israel's sin and rebellion. And rebellion. So when we have the Spirit of the Lord in us, when we are filled with His Spirit, we can be bold and declare 
God's favor, we can call out stuff in people's lives. Because we have a dynamite, we have a, a dunamis, which is powerful, which is amazing. Ultimately, it means that we can. I don't know about you or about me, but quite often, sometimes, I always say, well, I can't do that, I can't. That comes out of our lips quite easily. I can't do that. But when we have Holy Spirit dwelling on us, the words that should come out of our mouths is, I can. I can. I can love. I can forgive. Because the Holy Spirit is in us. And we think of Stephen being stoned. And what does he do? He, he forgives. He says there that he, I think it says that he was full of the Spirit and he looked up and he saw, uh, he saw Jesus and, and, and he forgave. You and I can, can forgive because of Holy Spirit. Isaiah says this, the Lord's chosen servant in chapter 42, whom I uphold, my chosen in, my, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him and he will bring forth justice to the nations. Isaiah 11 verse 1 says, The spirit of wisdom will rest upon him. It's talking about Jesus. Jesus. He'll have wisdom. He'll have truth. He'll have counsel. He'll have power. He'll have the fear of the Lord. Isaiah 51 says, The spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he comes and Jesus starts off his ministry in that, that vein. To set the captive free, to open blind hearts, to declare the Lord's favor. He does it because of the power of the Holy Spirit in, in Him. And if we are in Him, we are anointing. And so I want you to take that anointing that you have, and I want you to realize that. I want you to go home, and well you're at home, sorry, <laughs> you're in your homes, and I, and I want you to think, I have the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwelling in me. And I am anointed by, the, by, by God. And so I can look at life differently. I do life differently. I can say I can in everything. So that means if I'm doing the dishes, I can do it differently. If I'm taking out the garbage, I can do it differently. As I'm preaching this morning, I'm doing it differently. Why? Because there's an anointing on me because of what Holy Spirit has done. And isn't that beautiful? Isn't that a beautiful thought? So maybe that's the thought that I would like to leave with you today. I would like you to, to know that you are anointed. And I will be talking about this in, in the lockdown group ahead. Well, I think I want to continually dwelling in this Holy Spirit and seeing who He is and, and what He does in our lives and the difference He makes. But hopefully today, hopefully this morning, you have been encouraged in the Holy Spirit and that you know that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And I think there's nothing more important that we do each day is just to, as we uh, go out into our day, is just to give thanks to, to the Father for sending Jesus, for Jesus, for dying on the cross. And then to give thanks for the fellowship of the Holy Spirit.
Because that makes everything real. It makes everything concrete. So let's pray. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for Holy Spirit. We thank you for Holy Spirit that empowers us. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that gives us boldness, that gives us strength, that gives us wisdom, that gives us knowledge. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that shows us Jesus in the Scriptures, that shows us Jesus in creation. And so I thank you, Holy Spirit, and I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would do that for each of us today. That you would show us, not just today, but tomorrow and the next day, in this lockdown downtime, in this time which there's uncertainty, that we would know that we have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit is making you and I into the most amazing people. We are being transformed into the image of Jesus. We are looking more and more like Him. So we ask Holy Spirit that, that you would do that. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.